Become spellweavers, reavers, rogues, and men-at-arms, and answer the call of adventure. Pick up your sword, your axe, your spellbook, your bow, your rulebook, and your dice, and join the forces of good in their eternal fight against vile monsters, conspiring min-maxers, horny bards, and blood-soaked murder hobos. Discover the treasure trove of role-playing games here on Rollin' Bones. My name is Ryan Howard, and I shall be your guide. Good evening, Boneheads, and welcome to Rollin' Bones with Ryan Howard, your RPG treasure trove where we are making old school young again. I am your host and king of the Boneheads, Ryan Howard, the R in OSR. And joining me this evening for what I hope will be a great conversation, uh, you guys know him from RPG Elite, uh, one of the most interesting RPG commentators out there uh, doing what he does today. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for serving a Shiloh. Welcome. Thank you very much for that. Appreciate that intro. <laughs> absolutely. And and I, I know I told you that before we went on the show. I say that with absolutely no hyperbole. Uh, your, your commentary is some of the most interesting and insightful that I've heard on RPGs just recently. And I think it's because you're focusing on topics that a lot of people just don't think about or talk about when it comes to role playing. I go a little bit. I go a little bit deeper. I go into, well, water where angels fear to tread, uh, hmm. and I do that. Um, I care. I care deeply for the people who are in the space, and I care deeply about the hobby. Um, the stories and the relationships and the things that you can form within these within this community, and this is for me more than just playing games, and it's more than just a YouTube channel. This is a calling, and it's a vocation for me. Mm-hmm. So, that being the case, I tend to come at this differently than what most would and i tend to touch on subjects that um because i don't care about you know i mean i do but i don't in in a in a grand sense of i don't care about subscribers and things like that to the point to where you know i do things for that purpose that's not why i'm doing this right you know people are going to come and go and that's just that's part of being on youtube um and it's just like I was telling you earlier. Listen, you're not going to pre- please everybody on here. So you might as well say what you got to say and go on about your business. And I think long about the stuff that before I put it out, I say the things that I say, how I say them on purpose. I know exactly how I'm saying them. I know how it's coming off on the camera. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um I say this, and, and there's a lot of things that I say, for lack of a better term, to make people squirm. Oh, yeah. If, because the subjects which we are talking about 
are those things that really need to make us squirm. And there's a lot of other reasons why I do that, but we've, I, I've said this before, the space, and I, I've been in this for a minute, okay? Mm -hmm. And the space has just been infected with this malaise of individuals and also um, philosophy of RPGs that has weakened the fabric of the culture altogether. And yeah, I'm not having that. Right. So that's, I know that I, I, half of the people come to my channel and are wondering where is this guy going? <laughs> I have no idea what this guy's talking about or why is he talking about this? And they won't know until I get to the end. And then they're like, oh, that's why. Oh, that's where he was going. It might take me a minute to get there, but uh, there's a method to my madness. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, before we uh, dive fully into our uh, topic tonight, uh, while everyone's kind of coming in here, uh, Victor, go ahead and drop the link to your Kickstarter in chat here. Because uh, for everyone who hasn't already backed it, Victor Gorchev's uh, Guns and Gear for 5e is that close to funding. It is that, we're, we're just that far away from having a great resource on modern gear and modern classes for 5th edition D&D. Uh, for those of you who you know want those out there, so Victor, go ahead, drop that link in chat here. Uh, so everyone can back it. We're just a couple days away. Uh, everyone, let's get Vic across the uh, the finish line for his first ever Kickstarter. Uh, he's a great supporter of mine, and I definitely want all of you out there who haven't already to, to give it a look. I, I've said already there's no prize for backing at the last second, so while we have a couple days left, just go ahead and back it right now. Awesome. And with, uh, with that out of the way, every time a new person comes on Rolling Bones, there's a series of questions that, uh, you know, everyone gets asked, um, just so I can, you know, get your background and, and find out where your head's at as far as RPGs go. So just to kind of begin at the beginning, how did you find yourself in this hobby? How did you get into role-playing games? I don't remember exactly. Um, I want to, I, I don't remember exactly. Um, I remember when I remember the earliest that I got into it, but I forgot how I got my hands on my first RPG. Cause I've been asked this question before and I, I try to actually think back, but I can only think back so far, like right after I got my hands on it, but I don't remember where I got it from. But this was way back early 80s is when I started. And I have gotten a copy somewhere, man, I don't even remember, uh, of the game that I refuse to mention by name on my channel. And uh, I don't know where I got that from. Uh, but then I got, I had heard about a local game shop uh, here in town that was called Mind Games. I don't, I don't know if it's around anymore still or not, but 
called Mind Games. And I found out about it and I went in there and I found out about Marvel superheroes. And then it was a wrap after that. I was, <laughs> it was like, see ya, peace. <laughs> I was gone. I was in, I was full in at that point. And that was 84, I believe. And I was pretty much there forever. And I played a lot of games. I had played, uh, I usually played other games. So I played Marvel, tried to play some Traveler, tried to play some Gamble World, did some Twilight 2000, played some Star Wars. I mean, I played a little bit of everything, probably some games that I had forgotten because somebody else was running them. But that was the earliest one where I could say that I went all in was when I found out that Marvel Basic had come out. And then after that, it was Marvel Advanced and... It was that was the end for me. I was hooked. Absolutely. So so it was face rip that that kind of brought you to the dance, as it were. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it's, and it's still that's my, I mean that's my favorite game of all time. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean it's not even a question. That's my favorite tabletop role playing game of all time. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that has even and listen, I've played a lot of different systems, and now I'm going through a lot of different systems on my own channel and. Still my favorite game of all time is what it is. (laughs) Well, that actually, uh, that answers my, uh, my next question. So that's your favorite, your favorite game of all time. And even to this day, your favorite. Yeah. Yeah. That I have, and I'm getting ready to do a video on this. Uh, oh gosh, I don't know where it is in the schedule, but I'm going to tell people. So now you guys know what the answer is going to be in my video because it's my top three <laughs> video games. So you guys already know what my top one is going to be, but I've got two more. So I'm not going to tell you what those are. So you have to look at the video for the other two, Absolutely. The, my other two faves, but yeah, that one is, it's near and it's very near and dear to me. I have everything that was ever made for that game. I mean, I mean, you can see part of it right there. Mm-hmm. I said, Avengers box set, got some DC uh, I just, it's something about more about heroes too. Um, and the story of heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, I like heroes. I like the good guy. Yeah. I like the ones who struggle for, you know, what's right and what's good. And I like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, to be able to do that, you know, and the fantastical stuff is for me, incidental right yep. cool fun yeah but it's really the struggle that gets me and the good stories that could be told as a result um that's what gets me about superheroes or yeah. heroes in general mm-hmm. absolutely it's it's an aspirational thing it it really is something that helps us want to be better in our real lives if we have these heroes who we see struggle through these kind of immense uh difficulties and they overcome it by uh leaning into their their better angels and their better nature and learning to overcome their flaws both you know like the internal struggle and the external struggle right um, it it gives us something to aspire to and something to hold on to and something to kind of frame our struggles almost in in different terms to to help us overcome what we're dealing with. 
Yeah. And I, I, I think this is one of the problems with a lot of modern day uh, stories and other storytelling mediums today. There's always this dark, you know, the dark anti-hero, blase, blase. Um, and I, I remember having this conversation uh, online with a bunch of people about superheroes. It was about Superman and uh, Batman. Hmm. And the it, it, it was so weird about the kind of disdain people had for Superman. And, oh, man, I can't relate to him. Oh, he's not realistic. Oh, he's he's so far out there. Oh, I was like, you know, that's the point. Mm-hmm. I want somebody I can relate to. I don't. I want a hero I can aspire to be like. I don't want him to be like me. It's not a hero at that point. It's just a reflection. I can see that anytime. I want some buyer that I can aspire to. I want somebody I'm like, yeah, I want to, I want to get to that point right there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it was, it was this, it was a really weird conversation because it was kind of like on a, a chat. I want to say it was on a Google chat or something like, it wasn't Google chat, but it was Google form or something like, maybe it was Google plus when it was around. Um, we were having this conversation and it was just weird as people was like, you know, Batman, because I can relate to him better and I can do this and I can do that. I'm like, but you know, that's not what heroes are for. You're missing the whole point. Mm-hmm. You're really missing the point. Cause, and to be for real, you ain't like Batman either. So yeah, I, was I mean, about to say, people, wanna... <laughs> people who make that argument about Batman don't understand Batman. He's not an anti-hero. He's a hero. Yeah. He's that he every is a bit hero. superhero that Bat that a uh, Superman is. Sure is, and it's it's by not understanding that, and again, narcissistic, trying to make it about them. It's like that's not the point of a hero to be like you. The point of a hero is to have an aspiration to be like them, or to at least want to emulate a a quality that they have that you don't. You know, that's that's the point here. So it but that's this is kind of I just talked about this today on my video. You know, this we're man. It is our society and culture are narcissistic at an all time high. Mm -hmm. Narcissism is off of the charts. And it has affected the culture it has affected not just the general culture but everything is downstream from the main culture and since we're a subculture of the main culture we've got to deal with that yeah we've got to and we got to point it out and we got to fight for those things that other people may not understand may be ignorant about or they just may be odious individuals that you just have to fight I mean, it just depends on the situation. So, and that's how I look at it. Uh, this is about people. And at the end of the day, for me, that's what it's about. At the end of the day, I do what I do on my channel because it's about people. Mm-hmm. And it's about a standard that either is going to help them or is going to hurt them. Yep. And I don't want to have a standard that's going to hurt them. 
but I'm fighting against that stuff that does. And sometimes you have to do that even when they don't know that they're hurting themselves. So yeah, it's 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 a, a it's a little bit deeper than just throwing on a camera and talking about what's going on in gaming, which I normally don't. I like to have something a little bit deeper and just talk about what's in gaming. Not that I don't like to talk about what's in gaming because I have plenty of those conversations. Jeez, I just talked to somebody <laughs> the other day mm-hmm. who uh, he, he actually is a subscriber to my channel and we're working on something behind the scenes with. Stop, Greg. We cannot talk for five hours anymore. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> Good googly boogly. I looked at my clock and on my phone and I was like, oh my gosh, we've been talking for five hours. Get off this phone, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but I was on there just as long. Had an awesome conversation. He was it was just good to to be able to do that every time we get on now. So I know now that if I'm gonna talk to him. I'm gonna put a timer on. Yep. <laughs> so I don't so I'm not going on forever. But it's good to have those relationships. I'm I'm blessed because of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. We've got a question here in chat from uh Crafty Matt Craft. Uh he noticed that you have quite a a big collection of Captain America uh memorabilia behind you. Uh and so he wants to know what is it about Cap that inspires you? Oh gosh. Uh, I'm going to try to keep it brief. <laughs> this is a lot. Um, man. All right. So cap is easily. If I would say, yeah, he's probably at the top. He's my guy. That's my boy. It's cap. The thing that inspires me about cap is that cap. Cap does what he does not because he's not looking for a spotlight he's just looking to do it because it's right and that's good enough i remember there is this and i forgot i want to say it was during the civil war in the comics and i'm paraphrasing here because i don't remember the whole thing but this is what he said i think he was talking to spider-man and he says um when everybody, no matter when everybody is going against you, but you know that what you stand for is right, then it is your job to plant yourself near the river of truth. And when they tell you to move, you look up them and stand firm and say, no, you move. Mm-hmm. Dude, there are so many moments like that in the original Infinity Gauntlet. If you've ever read the original, he was uh, just like in they kind of had it similar. He was the last man standing. Yep. Right. He's going one on one against Thanos. He's got a shield and he's dodging all over the place. And then Thanos smashes his shield. Right. And then he's still dodging all over the place. So Thanos points to the ground and has the very ground itself come up and grab his ankles so he can't dodge all over the place. Mm-hmm. So now he's about to get smashed by Thanos, right? So what does Cap do? Cap stands there. He puts his dukes up and he sticks out his face. And dude, that was it for me. Mm-hmm. That was it for me. I was like, this dude never, ever gives up. 
He is going to do what is right, literally, if it kills him. And that's a hero. We, we aspire to have that kind of internal fortitude. We aspire to that. Cap, it's, Cap is it's Steve Rogers is really who it is. Yeah. Because there's been other people who've been Captain America. Nah, don't make the cut for me. It's always been Steve Rogers because of who he is as an individual internally and how that plays out and his sacrifice and him, you know, just him having all these like, you know, people who would, I don't know, they'd probably be a little bit more powerful than him. You got your Iron Man, you got your Thor, you got your Hulk. I mean, come on. And he's right there with him. And the thing about it is that they look up to him so much because of his character. Those people who are more powerful than he is, They'll follow him anywhere. Mm-hmm. They'll follow him to the to the edge of the universe. The cap, you got it. What do you want us to do? That's a man that 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 goes beyond having powers. That that goes beyond that, and that's why I love Cap. Cap is, I mean, you don't if you think I have stuff back here. I'm looking at my Cap jacket. My Cap hat is over there. I got Cap socks. I got Cap everything, man. He he mm. just really inspires me in a million different ways of the kind of character that we should aspire to and the fact that he's a patriot. Mm. He's a patriot, you know, but on the essence of what the United States really was supposed to stand for from the very beginning, right? Because, you know, government can get corrupt. So he's not, you know, follow the government, you know, at all costs, because if you've ever read any of his comics, which I have scores of them, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm man, I have a lot of Cap comics, lots of Cap comics. I'm sitting on a, almost three thousand of them, and a good majority of them are Cap. Yep. And uh, he he's a patriot for the the spirit of really what America is supposed to stand for, mm-hmm. no matter what. So, like I said, I can talk about him forever, but those are just a couple of the reasons why Cap is, that's my boy. That's my guy. Yeah. Yeah. I Traditionally, I'm more of a DC guy than a Marvel guy. And, you know, my favorite's Batman. And you can see him over my shoulder there. That uh, yep. Cryptozoic uh, Dark Knight Returns game there. My three favorite Marvel characters, though, and it's, they're, they're almost like one A, B, and C are Daredevil, Punisher, and Captain America. And what I like about... I I bring up Punisher because Punisher has mild disdain to outright disgust for every single other hero in the Marvel Universe except for Captain America. Captain America, he sure does. (laughs) He sure does. It's like he... There was one... There's one comic. I don't know which one it was. But the Punisher killed someone, just murdered him. Just and Cap was furious. And he just started he started going in on on Punisher. And Punisher would not fight back. Hmm. He goes, and Cap was so mad, he goes, Come on, fight, fight. He goes, No, not you. And I was like, dang. Mm-hmm. And that that made Cap kind of bust out of his anger, right? And 
and I like the Punisher too. So there's because <laughs> I just like his no nonsense. You know, sometimes, yeah, he's goes overboard, obviously, mm-hmm. but there is a twisted honor code that he goes by mm-hmm. and sometimes you just got to do what you got to do and this and it's dirty but it's necessary and he's the guy to do it in, in a lot of that. in a lot of ways um frank castle is the dark inverse of steve rogers steve rogers is everything good and pure and righteous about being a soldier and frank castle is every bit as dedicated to all of the darkest, most twisted parts of being a soldier. Both of them yeah. are, at their heart, soldiers, but they represent different aspects of what that means. Very true. Very true. I used to, I used to love me some Punisher. Had some of the, had his original limited series before somebody stole it. Oh, man, saying that just hurts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, I had all those comics. Oh man! But anyway, um, I, I have this one uh, graph, or well, it's a prestige graphic novel called "The Big Nothing." Mm-hmm. Great story, really good story. Um, Daredevil is another one of my faves as well. I've got tons of his comics. I know him inside and out. And if you haven't seen the Daredevil series on Netflix, oh, <laughs> you got to see that series. <laughs> Absolutely. You gotta see that series. That series is sick. That series is so good. Yep. Absolutely. So, uh, we we have another question here in chat. Uh, This one Mm -hmm. is coming from, uh, again, from Crafty Matt Craft, uh, providing uh, another great question here. So, he begins by saying that he appreciates how uh, you're kind of dedicated to covering other types of RPGs. Uh, So, you know, just all the different other kinds of RPGs that can be played out there. Um, Mm -hmm. But he really wants to know, what is it about specifically fantasy role-playing that you aren't necessarily so hot on? No, it's nothing, really. I run a one-ring campaign. I've been running it for like five years. Um, When it comes to my channel, though, um, it's different. Now, have I ever been a real big fantasy guy? Eh, nah, not really. Um, just a preference, you know. I, I don't like hate it or anything like that. You know, I wouldn't be running a one ring campaign for five years if I hated it. So mm-hmm. uh, I just, for my channel, when I started my channel, that was where I was going. And one of the reasons I started my channel was because I couldn't find anything on all the other other games that I wanted to find. Mm -hmm. I was like, nobody was doing anything. And I'm like, what's going on? You know, and even when you look at the the balance between fantasy and non-fantasy tabletop RPGs, I mean, obviously fantasy just overtakes the non-fantasy. But if you put all the other ones together... There's so many different ones out there and, you know, others that are constantly being made and they get no love for no reason. And there's great games out there that, you know, are not getting any love. And I don't need to do 
I don't need to do fantasies. Fantasy is doing quite fine on, on its own. Uh, and I don't have anything against it. Uh, I just, for my channel, had a specific goal and what I wanted to do with the three pillars that I stand on, which is alternative genre RPGs, classic RPGs, and my RPG elite philosophy. So th that's the pillar. So when I say alternative, it just means non-fantasy. And there, I don't, I have enough to do with that to last me for literally years since I'm only coming out with videos twice a week. So mm -hmm. uh, nothing against it, just, uh, just not in the in the plan for my channel. It's not in the uh, actual uh, agenda. Mm -hmm. Yeah, understood. Now, um, one of the main reasons that I wanted to bring you on, you've made no secret of the fact that you are in your day job a pastor. Mm -hmm. I am a lifelong Christian, grew up in the church, still go to church every Sunday, still... Uh, believe, you know, my, my daughter's baptized, all that. And I know that there are several other people out there who watch uh, who also uh, are, are believers as well, are, are Christians. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about faith and role-playing games. And okay. one, of the, one of the reasons that I love role-playing games so much as it's a creative outlet and i believe that like jrr tolkien said we create because we were created what are your thoughts on that concept do you think it's in our very nature as people made in the image of god to be creative 100 percent, 100 percent. because we're made in the image of god mm. uh this is a this is a um, a biblical truth. Yeah. And though we're not made exactly like God, we don't have the essence of God. We have the image of God, which is very important to make a distinction. But because we have the image of God, we have the predilection to do those things in our whole lives, believe it or not, are when we are creating something. And that comes through whatever work that or vocation that God has us in. So I believe that, yes, we are created and we are creators. Even when we, and you have to look at this, you have to broaden your view on this a little bit. Every Sunday I create a sermon. Something that was not there before is here now. So that's all that creation is. Something that was not here before is now here. So if we look at it like that and people who cook or people who fix things, something that was not here before is here now. And so I, I think when we get into the place where God wants us to be, and I don't think that, it, I think that comes in many, so many different forms. I mean, it's, it's, there's a plethora of many forms that creation comes into. And that's why we, and I think another thing too, in terms of the creation process of whatever it is that we're doing, if you sit back and think about it for a second, like right now, at this very moment, something is being created. 
this live stream is going to go and it's going to be recorded and it's just going to go out to the world and something now has been created. Hmm. There it is. We spend more time doing this than we really think about deeply. We, I spend a whole lot of time creating videos and creating sermons and creating stories and creating worlds and create. I spend most of my time doing that. Even around the house when I'm doing simple stuff, you know, it these these are small little areas of it. And so we're we're wired to do that. Now, some of us do it and well, many of us do it. We do it sinfully. And then some of us do it and we do it for God glorifying purposes. So. We all have it. And how we use it. Is determines uh, far more than what we care to admit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree with that. Now, I, I do have to ask, since you are uh, preaching every Sunday, have <laughs> role-playing games ever made their way into sermons or sermon illustrations or anything like that? Or is that oh, too yeah. esoteric for just like a church uh, congregation? Oh, yeah. I've done that like many times. I mean, I've been doing this for what, 14, 15 years. Hmm. I'm, I don't know how many times <laughs> when it's relevant. Sure. You know, uh, comics have made it. Cap has made it into my sermons. I mean, hmm. Batman has made it into my <laughs> sermons. I mean, if it, if it fits the context of what it is that I am teaching. And these are things that people connect with. They know about Cap. They know about Batman. You know, they know about these things. Mm-hmm. They know these things, but it, it has to obviously fit into the context of what it is that I'm preaching on. But these things are reflections of, of deeper things that go on, like courage. You know, when I'm talking, if you talk about Captain America or you know, having that righteous internal fortitude, mm-hmm. right? That speech that I was talking to you about where he was given a Spider-Man, I actually wrote it in the sermon. So I did it verbatim and I told, you know, and I actually preached that to people because it was relevant to what it was I was talking about. And it was something to help people to grab a hold on the internal fortitude that we as the people of God should be cultivating within ourselves through a constant reading and adhering to the word of God. That's how we get to that internal fortitude and strengthening that. Mm-hmm. You can't just say it. You have to work at it just like he did. Mm-hmm. So this, it, that, I, I don't know how many times I've talked about it. I mean, yeah, if it's relevant to the situation, uh, I, I, talk, I talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not afraid to talk about anything that will get the point of the truth across because that's my life it it's interesting that you you brought that up um specifically that speech because that same image is used in psalm one the image of a a tree planted by a stream Mm -hmm. so i know i don't know who wrote that but that's what i that's what i was thinking i was like this is this stuff is in scripture who did this because I I don't know who was writing and I, and I know it wasn't what's his name so I I I have to go back and see who wrote that because I was like mm-hmm. my gosh I was like bro 
It's like this is fantastic because you you begin to recognize truth for truth's sake in all of its many forms. Mm-hmm. And it's like I've always said, truth is truth by virtue of what it is, not by who says it or whether you can stomach it or whether you like who said it. Mm-hmm. It's truth, period. So I I am you we as a people of God should gravitate towards the truth and should be able to discern and recognize the truth. But the only way that you can do that is if your face is in the word of God and if you're in it constantly, so you know how to discern, which is what it tells us in Hebrews chapter four. So when I saw it, when you see little snippets like that in maybe, you know, a comic book or a novel, or you hear it in film, then as a GM, you're like, hmm, I think I'm going to use that. Or, I don't know, maybe an NPC or, you know, maybe something that can help your players to get them to a place to where you can inspire them in a indirect way. And that's the that's the power of the story, even as it's being developed. That's why I love tabletop RPGs. The story is powerful. It's a whole lot more powerful than we like to give it credit for. And when people say, well, it's not about the story, it is for an RPG elite. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might not be about the story for you, but it is for an RPG elite. Yep. And that's why. That's why it is. And we tend to have deeper and more immersive experiences because of it. I mean, do your thing. You do whatever you want. You know, there's people, you you know, play however you want to play. But for an RPG elite, it goes further than that. We've got two great, uh, oddly comic book related questions here um, that I want to take a a swing at as well. Uh, The first one Mm -hmm. is from Lou. And he says, uh, do street-level heroes suggest a position that the common man can aspire to while superpowered characters cannot even in our dreams be attained? Um, do, do you want to take the first swipe at that? or? Um... No, go ahead. I want to hear what you got to say. I know what I want to say, but go ahead and see. I want, I want to... I, I think even just based on the way that comic books are written... Even street-level heroes are not attainable for a majority of people, like in a physical sense. I think the whole point of a superhero is to essentially be a spiritual avatar of a sort. Uh, So even, you know, the the distinction between street-level and super-powered, in my mind, is what is their struggle against? For street-level heroes, it's usually more of a physical struggle, and for... Uh, more powerful heroes, it's usually a moral or mental struggle of, I'm powerful enough to take on just about anything, but how do I do so in a way where I don't become the very evil that I am trying to protect people from? And I think you have this on different levels, too. I think I just think that sometimes it's the same thing that's being dealt with in you know, whether it be somebody who's very like Thor versus a daredevil, yeah. right? They may have different levels of, of spheres where they operate, but trust me, they, they go through dealing with the same things in a different way, you know, or on a different level, you know? Daredevil has had to deal with pride just like Thor. Mm-hmm. They both have had to deal with that. 
for different reasons. And so it's all a matter of how each hero deals with those things. So I don't think it's more so about, it's like I say, I don't, I don't, I like the, I think the powers are incidental, really. Um, I mean, back in the day, way back in the day, when you're talking about before Bronze Age, you're talking like silver and, you know, Golden Age heroes, it was just about the powers, you know, because the writing was cheesy, and it was fun, you know, and it's just about the powers of your kid, and you're saying rah, rah, yay, but as you got into the Bronze Age, in the modern age, it became not so much about that, still there, and still matters, obviously, but it became more about the person, mm-hmm. the individual, and who they were, and what they were dealing with in their souls and in their minds. So um, I think to a degree, whether street or you know, high level, Oh, it looks like we lost servant. Be just as there he is. We lost you there for a second. Oh me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you're back now. You're back now. Oh, okay. Not sure what was going on. All good. But uh, you, um, when even when you're different power levels, so whether it be Avengers level, whether it be street level, whether it be cosmic level, you know, Silver Surfer or you know, somebody like that, everybody's dealing with something. And the the reason why you, most people gravitate towards a certain character is because they're dealing with something that somebody else can relate with, no matter what their power level are. Mm-hmm. You know, I like Silver Surfer because of the kind of person he is and because of what he deals with internally, even though that dude is about as powerful as anybody yeah. in the universe. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it really, again, I just think that the, I've always uh, thought that the powers, for the most part, not totally, but for the most part are incidental, or the better stories about the characters are incidental, the powers are incidental, and the characters themselves and who they are behind the mask is what matters more. Yep. And they all can deal with the same things. Mm-hmm. And then a question from Nick here in chat. Uh, what are your feelings on the way Daredevil's feelings are portrayed in comics? Uh, Nick, if you mean religiously, uh, in my opinion, uh, <clears throat> Daredevil's Catholicism is written by people who are lapsed Catholics and who don't understand the the beauty of the Christian religion. They only understand the guilt side of things. So the way they portray Daredevil as being Catholic is Daredevil's racked with guilt all the time. So even though I'm a huge Daredevil fan, I personally don't like the way that uh, most writers handle his faith. I don't like the way that most writers handles anybody's faith in comics <laughs> most of the times. <laughs> I mean, I can appreciate the nuances because that's or the glimpses or the flashes in the pan that actually hits a point here and there that's actually correct but um yeah it it's with him i i 
I'm gonna I, I be honest. I'm probably gonna be right there with Ryan. I've never been a real big fan of how they handle him in that regard. Um, but then again, I'm picky, and like I said, I'm not a real big fan of how most of them handle it. So for any character, if they want to bring it up, and like most of the time, you know, it's, it's stupid stories like you know, like Mark Wade who probably should just stop. Yeah. You know, because yeah. he doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, it, just stop, dude. Go in another direct. Just write another story. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what you're talking about. And then he, it's all discombobulated in the areas that are just unbiblical. I'm just like, oh, man, let me turn the page. You know, he just. Yeah. So I'm in that regard. Now, if you're talking about. Um, if you're talking about something else. And I'm not really real sure if the question is just vague and just uh, what's what's the question again? Uh, so he he was asking our feelings on the way Daredevil's faith is portrayed in comics. Okay, yeah, yeah, I don't like it so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I you know you tolerate it because you you know that the person who's writing it really don't know what they're talking about, so you have to tolerate it in that regard. But uh, shoot, I'll be. To be quite honest, uh, kind of skip over that most of the time, just even when I'm reading his comics, even though I read it and then, you know, I find myself rolling my eyes and just keep going with the story, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of Daredevil's faith is mostly just him bleeding on cross statues. Pretty much. It's nothing deep there. Yeah. There's nothing... Uh, life changing this not because it can't you, you i mean you know if if you don't have that as the writer how are you going to write it right so you know pretty hard to write something that you don't know about mm-hmm. so it's it, the stuff is superficial at best yeah you know this is facile stuff so you know you you take the good with the bad i guess you know i mean it's been some great stories written but you know there's some great writers and Daredevil have written some great stories, but when it comes to that particular aspect, I don't think anybody has done a real good job at that. Mm-hmm. Now, switching gears in kind of a, a big way here, hopefully this isn't too jarring for everyone, your RPG Elite philosophy has legitimately made me change the way that I approach thinking about RPGs and... One of the biggest ways is that those of us who are taking our time to run these games, really it behooves us to be very selective in who we decide to ultimately roll our dice with. Because Mm -hmm. if we're not, then we end up in a bad game, and a bad game is a waste of time. And it's all about managing your time well. Uh-oh. So something just happened. Oh, did I go out? Okay, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. You froze on me for a second. Go ahead. I was just saying, uh, it, it behooves us to be selective in who we game with because a bad game is a waste of time, and we don't want to waste our time. Our time is precious. It's our most precious resource. <laughs> Uh, so exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how many times I've said it, but 
RPG elites look at their time and they're like, listen, and this comes and this is actually, you know, I mean, if I could tell you all of the stuff that I got from that has a biblical foundation in my RPG elite philosophy, you would be shocked. But that's one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it tells us in Ephesians to redeem the time because the days are evil. And what that means is that use your time wisely. You ain't getting that back. And so if I'm going to, and listen, what do we play, right? We get together around the table and we, we knocking this out four, five, six hours a shot, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's a lot of time. That's a big chunk of time. And if you're doing that weekly or even bi-weekly, it's like, man, okay, that's a lot of time. And if you were the GM, that's more time because you got to do prep and all the rest of that stuff. So if you if you want to have an experience that's more immersive and more enjoyable, the first thing you have to do is you have to make sure that the people want the same thing that you want. Yeah. And they want to try to get the same experience out of it. You do now for an RPG elite, that means something probably more deep story focused is a must for an RPG elite. It's like, Hey, we're all getting together so that we can see how the story unfolds. We really want to get into it. We really want that time to be used. Um, we want to get a most bang for our buck. We want a return on our investment here. I mean, we're going to really sit down for hours. And we don't want to have to deal with the nonsense that you normally have to deal with at some tables um, and with some individuals. I've heard some stories about people <laughs> There was one, and the guy is a really nice guy. I don't know if he's still on my channel or whatever. He used to comment quite a bit, uh, but he told me uh, he has a comment. I forgot which video it was on. But he was talking about he was having his problem with this player. And I think that he said, <laughs> my gosh, I think he said three years before <laughs> he told the guy goodbye. Mm-hmm. And I was like, three years? Oh, heck no. We're talking three weeks or three months max, but I am not doing this for no three years. You must be out of your cotton picking mine. Uh uh-uh. uh. Mm-hmm. Nah, we're going to ixnay that like yesterday. <laughs> I'm out or you're out. Either yeah. one doesn't matter to me, you know, but I ain't doing that. I, I am not doing that. Not with somebody who's going to be a problem like that all of the time. Heck no. And, but what you will find, I'm listen, it's not that I'm just making this up, it works. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you it works. I've been doing it. It absolutely works. I have players that I've been playing with forever. And I have players that I just started playing with that I will play with forever. I have players who have left my campaigns because they've gone on to do other things and still come back and play with us whenever they can. RPG Elite all day. So... And I enjoy playing my games. Listen, every time I get together with my guys to play, and I play bi-weekly, there's not one time that I go, oh, I don't want to have to deal with this problem today. Oh, I don't want to have to deal with this. I don't have that. I do not have that at all. Mm-hmm. Only thing I have is, shoot, am I going to be ready for this? <laughs> I didn't get enough time this week. <laughs> you know, but that's it. I love my guys. Love my guys. I got a video coming up next Tuesday to tell you how much I love my guys and love my players and the people I play with. But really picky. 
about who I play with. And most RPG elites are for the reasons that I've, you know, I've laid it out in how many steps now? Eight, mm-hmm. you know, eight different qualities. And again, this is a mindset, you, you know, it's a mindset. It's an attitude. It's a standard. That's why it's elite, you know, and there's other people that they'll tell you stuff like, oh, well, you know, anybody's welcome at my table. I Listen, I didn't say that you weren't welcome at my table. I said that there are standards that you have to meet. If you don't meet those standards, okay, well, you can, you can go ahead and do your thing at somebody else's table because we're probably not going to be on the same page. And it's going to be a bad experience for both of us. What kind of sense does that make? I'm not going to do that to you. You shouldn't want to do it to me. So, you know, bye, Felicia. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, go ahead, do your thing, and I'll go ahead and do my thing. And no hard feelings, you know? Everybody wants a different experience from it, you know? It's not... I think that's one of... And this is one thing that I think some people misunderstand about the RPG Elite philosophy. It's for RPG Elites. Yeah. It's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Right? This is... this is. Listen, if you don't, if you don't want to do it, then don't do it. I'm just saying that I'm just giving you information. I'm giving you the information that in RPG Elite, this is what they will do. And I'm telling you, shoot, my my experiences have been downright fantastic ever since. And they and they grow, right? Because you're always trying to be better, right? That's yeah. the you're always trying to push the envelope, have a better experience. You know, that's what you're always trying to do. I love playing. I absolutely love playing i love my i love my players i love uh, working for them and i never have a i don't have problems hmm. i don't have drama i'll be hearing about this drama i'm like yeah well i ain't the one i don't i don't go through that hmm. yeah it's it, it's definitely the uh it's definitely the the narrow and rough path to to walk and because of that it's rare to, you know, run into other people who are on that same path. Um, you have got it absolutely correct. And I know a lot of people will be like, oh, I just want to play. I'm like, yeah, but will it really be playing if you had to go through all of that stuff? Will, I mean, mm-hmm. would do you really want to do that? You know, would it sometimes less is more? Yep. Yeah. If you really curate that experience and really devote yourself to kind of preserving what you want from your games and only settling for, uh, in your case, and I guess in my case, because I agree with you on pretty much everything, the RPG Elite way of doing things, uh, your experiences might be rare, but when you have them, they will, it'll it'll be like having a really good meal. Not every meal is uh, like that amazing Thanksgiving feast that those of us in the States here had uh, last week. Sometimes it'll be, uh, you know, it'll be few and far between where you really have that experience, but when you have it, it just feels amazing and you feel so satiated and, and satisfied that you had that experience. Right. And that you you want to cultivate that as much as you possibly can. No, you don't hit the mark all the time. You know, we know that. But the thing about it is that it's memorable. And that even if you don't hit the mark, you know that 
you know that you're not working, that people are not working against you to try to hit the mark the next time. Mm-hmm. That everybody's going in the same direction to try to hit that mark again. And but the experience is like we didn't have that that meal that we wanted to have. Well, we had a good meal. It, it was a good meal. Yep. Right. And there's there's no there's no spoiled meal anytime. Sometimes some meals are better than others, but none of them are spoiled. Okay. And that is what you're looking for. And I like what you said because it's so true. This is not for everybody. It's narrow. Hence the term. Yep. Elite. <laughs> it's it's this is not it's not for everybody. Me, like I said, I've been in this for a minute now. And uh I just won't settle. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I can't. You know, I I can't do it. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I will not I will not run other pe- a game for pay. It's not because uh I have something against that. I think more power to you if that's what you want to do. I think it's fantastic. It's just that my my standard, I, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't, and you know, because if you, you're going to run into a situation where you have to do it, regardless of if you, you know, the people there are going to be going for the same thing that you're going for, you know, and even if you did do it for pay and you set that level that this is these are the only kind of players that you're going to have is going to be few and far between anyway and you wouldn't want to charge those players anyway you just want to be around them mm-hmm. so you know i just you know i'm i i can't do it i i personally can't uh, i'm very very picky i mean uh, I, I mean again four five six hours at a table that i'm about to sit down at I, I got to make sure that this is going to be worth my time. You know, I, I got to make sure even if you're going to do a one shot, it's five or six hours out of my life and I'm not going to get it back. So time is too precious for me. It really is. And so I'm that this has, man, it's been a lifesaver. I'm not even going to lie. This has been, I just know it works. I know it works because I've been doing it for years. So I, you know, at this point, it's just a matter of, you know, and like I say, it's not for everybody because some people like just having the social aspect, just having people around. And that's mm-hmm. fine, even though you can do that at a, at a movie or a board game. But when you're talking about an experience that you're trying to create specifically with an RPG, which is totally different, um... Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I know that might sound bad, but I can't do it. Cannot do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Victor in, in chat here says that he gets high standards, but knowing that they are there would make me hella nervous as a player and probably make me look worse. Uh, in my mind, what you do in that situation is maybe don't tell everyone how high your standards are just you know not it's not like you approach an interview with a prospective player and say um 
you know, I, I expect you to be like the greatest player of all time. No, you just, you right. start talking to them. You have a conversation with them. And in your yep. mind, you'll know based on your standards, whether or not you mesh with that player. So it's not, you don't frame it as you have to impress me. You frame it mm-hmm. as I want to see if we're going to be simpatico here. And if we are that's great, right. and if we're not, no hard feelings. Don't worry about it. And that's exactly the approach we have. Now we have a two st- you know, we have a, a two-step process, actually a three-step process for to get into one of our games. Um, but it's more, and normally when I interview someone, I interview someone with one of the players. They're going to have to play with them. Yep. So they can, so they can see and tell the other players as well. So they can say, um, you know, hey, you know, this guy was this, that. And I usually discuss it with that player that's with me in, in on the interview. And I tell the play person be like, yeah, this is such and such. They're going to sit in on the interview with us and whatever. And then you just ask these questions. It's, it's just like you said, it's just a conversation, you know, your conversation, you get to know them, you know, how they've done things and whatever you will know whether that individual is going to be right and click with your group. Now I've had a lot of interviews lots and be honest most don't make it mm-hmm. and they somewhere along the line they fall off or they just don't make it i remember one time i there was a female player she had interviewed did pretty good for a second so i said hey and so what i do as i say hey why don't you go over and watch i haven't watched the very first rpg elite video which gives a summary of every all of the RPG League qualities except one. And I say, hey, why don't you go and just, you know, watch this video, tell me what you think, you know, it's me, and I'm explaining about kind of like this is pretty much our philosophy and whatever. And I didn't hear from her. And I was like, all right, you know, saw her on Discord. I was like, hey, didn't hear from you. Wondering if you got a chance to watch the video and this and that. Oh, well... No, I don't, I don't, I don't think that, you know, it's going to work out because, you know, I just like to get around with the table and, you know, get, you know, basically I like it for the social aspect and this and that. I was like, uh, uh-huh. see, I knew that. That's why I had you go and watch that video, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you know? And so you, you have the sense of you know, sometimes they eliminate themselves and, you know, you, you, you push them through things. But for me, like I said, at this point, I'm we're full. I don't really even see that even changing unless life gets in, you know, life happens to one of the guys and they have to leave for that reason. That pretty much is the only reason why anybody ever leaves. Mm-hmm. No lie. Nobody leaves because, oh, well, it's, it's pretty much that they left because they, you know, something about life. You know, one one guy left because of school. Another guy left because of family. Uh, another guy left because he went to be a, G, a paid GM. And that's what he does now. He does that like on a part-time basis. Uh, he still does. Uh, he's He's been on my video. He's been in the Gamma World video. He's Poro um, in the Gamma World uh, online uh, gameplays. Uh, so we still do things. He's We're mm-hmm. about to do something on Sunday again. Uh, but he just he can't play on the days that we play. I'm like, that's fine. But he still helps out. Um, I still I got a lot of people who help out. But in terms of I mean, my my group is full. So 
And I don't see that changing anytime soon. But if you just you just come at it, just start talking with them, and you'll get a sense. You'll know. Hmm. You know, and normally what I tell them is that, hey, well, you know, I'm going to, uh, you know, just to kind of break the ice. I said, well, right now I'm getting ready to go and talk behind your back. And <laughs> uh, we'll get back to you uh, whenever we can, you know. Hmm. And uh, most of them, though, don't make it because the the attitude in tabletop RPGs, especially, especially today, is just, uh, they just don't have it, you right. know. And so a lot of people don't that's not what they're looking for mm-hmm. right totally respect that you know and nobody's wasting each other's time trying to you know put a square peg into a round hole move on yep now uh we have a big question here from from L in chat he's going to he's going to uh blow a gasket if i don't ask this in some form um okay <clears throat> you focus a lot in your videos on role play and story and bringing that out in RPGs, which is something I agree with, by the way. Uh, what about the G part? How do you feel? Do you feel that the R, the RP conflicts with the G or do you feel like it's all kind of part of it? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Cause L thinks that you're putting too little emphasis on the the game aspect of role playing game, uh, so so sure how would you respond to that? Um, well, I know it's a game, but it's a role playing game. Yeah. Never forget that. I've I've talked about high level and low level role playing, and what I consider low level role playing is where I can where you would consider it to be the game. I consider high level role playing to be the RP of RPG. For an RPG elite, that's their game. The game is to RP because it's a role playing game. And it's this always perplexed me because I don't I don't understand this this kind of almost pushback against the RP aspect of the I mean it's telling you a particular kind of game, mm-hmm. a role playing game. So the fun should be to be in the role playing. It should be. But a lot of people think that there is, <laughs> they think that the RPG and, and the fact that, that you want to separate the two, RP and G. That's all, it's, it's all one. It's all mm-hmm. one phrase, which means it should all intermesh together which means the RP should be a part of the game. It, it probably should be a major part of the game because that's the category that's being described. Yep. The game part is just to have fun. That is really what game means. It's supposed to you have the game, you have fun in doing what? Well, RP in, apparently. Mm-hmm. Or uh, if you have a board game, then you have fun moving your pieces around the board that's the game it's a board game you're playing on the board it's a game mm-hmm. so and it might be a particular kind of board game but you're still playing on the board or whatever and that's that's how you play it's, you're never going to get past board on the, so it's i don't think that there's anything i don't think that the focus 
is unbalanced, you need low-level role play. Mm-hmm. I mean, you need that to have a foundation of, you know, the, the mechanics, the rolling of the dice, all of that. That's what I call low-level role play. That's low-level role playing right there, because mm-hmm. it is a it is a kind of role playing. But really, we want to. Nobody is interested in playing a role-playing game on the outside looking in, they're not interested because the dice are being rolled. Most people who want to come and play a game that they see me play in, they want to, they want to do it because they see me role-play. My wife, who's never played any, any role-playing games in her life, she didn't even know what they were. Now she wants to play in a role-playing game. I didn't think she was serious when she asked me, but apparently she was. And so we've been trying to make a character for her. But the reason why she got interested is because the RP part, not because of the G part. Mm -hmm. She knows it's a game, but what interests her is the RP. And she's not even an RPer, really. She just looked and said, that looks interesting to me. So I just think that it's a focus on the right thing because that's what's going to interest people to come in and want to play the game. Yep. Yeah, in my mind what R, the RP and the G have to go together like you said. The mm-hmm. the G aspect, the rules, the rules of your role playing game are your rails. Mm-hmm. They're there to keep everyone on track. Exactly. And that's that's their that's their role. It's it's the structure in which you are creating uh, like Max is saying in chat here. It's the emergent storytelling. It's it's the mechanism through which story uh, is delivered. Uh, Exactly. But you can't divorce the RP and the G. Otherwise, you know, at that point, you know, just just go play like a Napoleonic war game. Or if you're going to completely throw out the rules, just go take improv classes. You have yeah, to have exactly. all of them together. You need them both. You know, normally if you throw out the if you throw out the low level, what I call the low level role play, or what you were just calling the rules and stuff, and that's if you throw that out, normally you have chaos because normally what happens is that it's like when, when you were little, right? Mm-hmm. You guys would run around and you guys would role play. And let's say you're playing cops and robbers, right? And have you ever done this? You guys are in the yard, cops and robbers. You go, boom, you're dead. No, I'm not. You missed. No. Boom. You're dead. I hit you again. No, I'm not. You missed. That's that's what happens <laughs> yeah. when you have no low-level role play. Exactly. It's just chaos yeah. and everybody's just doing what they want to do. However, when you only have low-level role playing, there is no life. And that is about as boring as dirt. Yep. And nobody really wants to, you know, gravitate towards that. And it's just like you were saying, well, you just might as well go play a board game because it's no different. It, there's nothing to separate it from that. You need them both. You need both. But what gives yeah. it life? I would say it like this: the low-level role-playing, the rules, the mechanics that gives it—that's your skeleton right there. Yeah. But you—you you don't have a heart yet, mm-hmm. so you're not really living until you get to the high-level role-playing. Yeah. That's just what I—that's—that's that's how I normally describe it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Crafty Matt has a question here related to that same topic. If a decision is meaningful, do you roll the dice and accept the outcome? 
if a dis, uh, if a decision is meaningful, how is the decision being made? Is the decision being made by the player, or is the decision being made by the GM? What do you mean by that? I need some clarification. Yeah, I I think I'd like some clarification on that too. Um, and, and while we're waiting on Crafty to get back to that. There have been a couple questions. I was hoping to avoid this altogether, but people are asking about it. Um, it looks like... I want to make sure I give everyone credit here. Uh, Lou's asking about it a little bit, and uh, Shane Winter asked about it earlier on. So I'm going to lump all of these questions together. Okay. As someone who gamed in the 80s, and as someone who is now a pastor... I guess ultimately, what what are your thoughts now on what ultimately was the satanic panic, and how do you react to that now uh, in the position of life uh, that you're in? You're gonna find out in about a month when I do a video on it. All good, awesome. I'm getting ready to do a whole video on it, on it, and it's probably it's gonna be two videos. It probably is not gonna be what you think, <laughs> but uh, I will answer that question. But I don't want to, uh, again, I'm doing research and I'm putting scripts together because this is going to be one of those topics that, this is one of those topics where you lose subscribers. Yeah. So, um, and I don't, I don't care, but I say that because that's how volatile it's probably going to be. Mm-hmm. So I am going to, I'm not trying to really, I'm, not, I'm really not trying to avoid your question. But literally, I've had this planned out to be um, the last Tuesday of December is when the first part of that video comes out. Mm-hmm. So um, if you can wait off a month, you'll you'll find out what um, you'll find out a lot of things, because not only is that part of it going to be done, but. I have a couple other videos that talk about things that are very closely related that are coming in January mostly. So uh, I'm, I will answer them then. So I would appreciate if you would, you know, just come on over and uh, at least click through the video chapters to get the highlights and you'll find out exactly where I stand on that. Mm, Absolutely. Um, And the reason I was hoping to avoid it is, Personally, I hate talking about the satanic panic because I view all moral panics as parents and teachers and authority figures trying to avoid the real issue and trying to blame it on something that's kind of readily within reach. And it, yeah, this is going. This is going. I think there's 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 two sides to the story. But like I said. Mm-hmm. Um, This is, uh, yeah, this is, this is going to be a, what I think is a, a sensitive topic. Yeah. Um, and you know me, I'm just going to be like the bull in the China shop. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, no, I'm just, I'm just playing. Uh, I am going to treat it with the respect that I, it needs to be, but I'm, I am going to come at it from a direction you didn't expect so if you can if you can hold off for the next four weeks or so um uh, i promised that uh, that's going to be answered in full Mm -hmm. 
So we did get a uh, clarification here from Crafty Matt on his question. Okay. So if a PC uh, is making a decision or and, and the outcome of what they're trying to do will have severe ramific- ramifications for like the the events that are unfolding. Do you just let them role play past it or do you make them roll the dice and go with the result of the dice? That's a depends situation. Okay. It also depends on the PC and themselves, the the clerk, the person playing. Mm-hmm. Some people aren't uh, like there's some people who will role play and role play it well. Yep. And role play it so well that it fits so well within the story and the dynamic that you just let that roll. Yep. You don't mess with that. You're just like that was so dope. Why mess it up with a die roll? Mm-hmm. Right. So I just let that roll. But there's some situations where you don't have that kind of dynamic with the player. And so even though the idea is good, probably letting the die decide in that situation would be a better fit. So kind of it depends situation and it's mostly on the kind of player that you have. Mm-hmm. If dice are rolled do you accept that as the result, even if it leads to something kind of anticlimactic? Well, I'm always in control, so I can always control whether it's anticlimactic or not. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. So let's say um, I never, the dice uh, never have the final authority. I do. And sometimes I let the dice have the final authority, mm-hmm. right? So if I'm if in a certain situation, it might be like, yeah, I'm just going to let that stand. Um, and again, every situation is going to be different. So I don't think there's a cookie cutter approach to this. I think you have to look at every situation differently. Yeah. What's being asked, what decisions being uh, made, how will this affect story? Because that's that's how I'm going to think about it as an RPG elite. I'm thinking about how will this affect the story, mm-hmm. you know? And if it's something that is, will it fit into the story? Will it challenge me to work within another boundary and have the story go into another direction? Sometimes if it does that, I'll let it stand just because it challenges me to go into another direction. Mm-hmm. So again, all of that depends on the situation, but the one thing that is consistent is that the decision in my head and how will this affect the story? Yeah. That pretty much is the main thing. If it and if it if it won't affect the story in a, you know in a, like a major way or you know, it depends. I might let it stand or I might be like, "Eh, Let's 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 change. Let, did they do something really cool? Did they did they think was it something that was real cool to attempt? Ah, then I even though it might fail, maybe it didn't fail as bad as they thought, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's kind of one of those situations. So again, it depends. I hate to say it like that all the time, but it really does. It, it depends. I I kind of think of stuff like that in terms of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. When Indiana Jones is running out after he grabbed the idol and traps are going off and he grabs that uh, root and then it falls, 
that's him failing roles, but still moving forward in his progress. Go. And I stole that from Matt Colville, if, if that sounds familiar to anyone out there. But that that's an example of someone failing to do what they're setting out to do, but still proceeding forward. It's not just, oh, he he bungled his role, so now he's going to fall and die. There's, right. you know, he fails, but it just adds another complication for him to eventually overcome. It's not immediately, uh, it's not like immediately everything's been kneecapped because the dice didn't quite turn a certain way. There's still complications and consequences that come from the dice. We're not ignoring the dice, but right. they, exactly. it, it's not as, it's not like you fail, you die. Essentially, it's right. You fail. I mean, now you things have become a lot more complicated for you. Exactly. And that that's a that's a great way to put it. And that probably is a good exercise to do. So it's the, like watch a television show, watch a movie, read a book and now look at it within the context of how is this? How would this look in a tabletop RPG? I used to tell my players when I ran Marvel, I said, you know, go read a comic, but look at it in in the context of a tabletop RPG, mm-hmm. you know, Cyclops failed here, you know, Cap, you know, he didn't make the jump or he didn't do this and he failed here or whatever. Still kept going, right? It might even look bad, but that's good. It adds tension to the story. And that is what the game is. Is The game is the story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, Legion of Myth in chat, if the outcome is unknown and the result is success or failure, or the result of success or failure is meaningful, the dice must be king. Is that, would you agree with that? Maybe. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> I know, I, could, I, I know that. I, it, it, most of the time. Hmm. Not not a hundred percent of the time, I wouldn't say a hundred percent of the time. Um, again, though, I'm I'm thinking about this differently. Yeah, I'm thinking about this in terms of the most important quality from an RPG elite, which is story. And I never want the dice to kill the story. Um, and Sometimes if I see that this is going to just absolutely kill this story, then I will let them roll. But my decision on the role and how, like I said, my decision on how that role affects things will be adjusted mm-hmm. so that the story can continue. So it's not like they didn't fail. They did. Or not that they didn't exceed, uh, but they did. But there's levels of that. Right. And I have control over that. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I, that's how I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is something, this is something that RPG uh, fans quibble about nonstop. And we could, I'm sure everyone here uh, in, in chat, Calvinoni, uh, Max, 
uh, crafty. Everyone's got kind of a different take on this that I'm seeing emerge here. Uh, but I think ultimately what it comes down to is success is success, failure is failure. What it comes down to is how we as game masters interpret those results at our tables to kind of further what it is we're looking to do at our tables. Exactly. What's the point of your table? Yeah. Because your point may not be mine mm-hmm. as the GM or even our group as a whole. So that being the case, if it's not, then we're not going to have the same kind of philosophy as we sit down at the table. And so an RPG elite philosophy, everybody, all the guys that I play with are RPG elite, by the way, mm-hmm. all of them are. And so we never had a problem with that. We always are looking at it from that story. Pre- everybody at the table is looking at it from that perspective. Right. So I don't, I don't have those, you know, I don't have those issues in terms of now there's things that we, you know, as far as interpretation of some rules and things like that and whatever. Yeah. We come across the table and we kind of handle those things as they come, but um, we all are on the same page as far as what we want to get out of the session. Every one of us all of the time. So uh, there's really not a whole lot that is uh, that we go back and forth about when it comes to those kind of things. It just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just to address uh, something that Crafty said here, I don't think you're saying that you would change a role. I think you're just saying that you would interpret roles differently mm-hmm. depending on the situation. Exactly. I'm not changing any roles, especially if they rolled it. How can I change it? Right. <laughs> it's right there. They just rolled it. Mm-hmm. So it's how I interpret that role. Because I always, again, I have the final say. Yeah. Right? Me. But if it's a role and they just rolled it, I'm not going to say that, oh, well, it didn't, that didn't work. Nah, it, I mean, it worked. Or you didn't fail. No, you failed. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that still is a fail, you know? I'm not, I'm not holding your hand on stuff. So, you know, if you're climbing up the side of, you're trying to climb up the side of the thing and you miss the roll and you fall, guess what? You fell. <laughs> you fell. You slipped down. You, now, did you hit your head and crack it open and die? No. Did you break a leg? Don't know. Did you? Did you sprain an ankle? Did you, did you see how all of that comes? Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. you can, my, my purview here is that I can interpret it that way. And my way, how I'm going to look at that is that, okay, what's best for the story? What'll make it interesting, right? Yeah. You're going to have their legs sprained and they got to climb over rocks for the next two hours. Mm-hmm. That'll make it interesting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's how I'm doing it. So the roles are still the roles, but how I interpret the roles to make the story more interesting and add tension. Now, I also understand that as a writer, I'm coming at this also as a writer. Okay. Now, one of the things that most people don't know about, cause I don't mention it much is that I've written five novels. And so that it, the aspects of story and adding it, tension, pacing, uh, dialogue, all of these things is what I'm thinking about as a GM, because that's the perspective I'm coming at it with. And so as I'm trying to 
craft the story with my players because they're crafting the story as we play. We all are. Yep. So, but when it comes to decisions of roles and what kind of effects that the roles have and all the ways that's in my purview. And when that is the case, I will interpret it from the eyes of a writer pretty much in mm -hmm. terms of how will this affect the story? Right. Or how will it make it better? Mm hmm. And to give people an example of the, I think what we're talking about, and, and because we're on the cusp of the holiday season, uh, Die Hard is a movie where John McClane, if he were playing a role-playing game, he'd be failing most of his roles <laughs> and, and probably rolling at disadvantage on several of them based on the compounding failures until at the very end where he rolls like a 20. At a, at a key yep. moment that that's what we're talking about as far as uh failing forward and and failure not basically meeting the end of the story exactly so if, if that helps think exactly. of die hard yeah think think of just how movies are if you can think of them in that in that way just kind of when you watch a movie be like okay failed role okay maybe a great success right there 20 Ooh, that was a crit you know mm -hmm. now when you look at it like that instead of just looking at it like what most people look at it disconnected and separate from the whole don't look at yeah. it like that look at it as part of a whole and the only way that you can do that is look at it as part of a story yeah absolutely now, uh, to answer an earlier question, I, I know Victor had to leave us here, but he had a question uh, that I think is a, a, a good question. What qualities do you look for in your players? I know, you know, the RPG Elite uh, list stacks up there, uh, but like mm -hmm. what, when you talk to people and have those conversations, what, what is it specifically that you're kind of trying to gauge uh, from your, like your first brush with a new player? Yeah, that's a pretty good question. That's a good question. Um, normally, when I'm having a conversation and uh, interview with someone, the first thing I'm doing is looking at attitude, uh, you know, general sociability. Are they going to be able to connect with the other players? That's going to be important. It's going to be important for the other players. You know, if it's hard for them to, you know, have a social connection just in an interview, and how in the world are you going to connect with all the rest of the players when we're playing? That's, that's not going to work. So just how they handle the interview themselves, how they can, and the answers uh, that they give are important as well. You know, it doesn't really matter. Even though I ask questions like, you know, how long have you been playing tabletop RPGs? You know, I ask that kind of as a, I'm serious about it, but I like, I like people who haven't been playing that long. Hmm. And the reason why I like that, because then I don't have to break them from a whole bunch of bad habits that they've built up over the last two decades. So I don't have to be concerned with those kind of stuck in the mud type of people who are unwilling to be flexible. So I like those people. Um, now, what's weird is that most of my, most of my cats are, uh, have been playing for a long time. They just happen to have the same attitude that I have. But what I'm really looking for is I'm looking for right attitude. I'm looking for them to 
be um, to be sociable. I'm looking for them to have a standard, mm-hmm. even if they don't, because they don't know anything about RPG Elite. But I've known many times when I've been, you know, interviewing some people, and they don't say RPG Elite, but they elucidate an RPG Elite quality, and they know how to do it. You know, I've been looking for, you know, I just wanted to, you know, do some more RP and I, I'm really into the story. These are things that I've heard. I'm, you know, I'm really into the story because, you know, I sit around the table with people and, you know, it's fun and everything, but I just wanted a little bit more out of it. See, I, I, I listen for things like that. So in a sense, I listen for somebody that might be RPG elite in a certain area. And as I've said before, you can be RPG elite in a certain area and not be RPG elite. And that's fine. You don't have to be RPG elite. I, I, I'll play with you still, depending. <laughs> I mean, it depends. But having RPG elite qualities here and there will help. And that's really what I'm looking for. I'm looking for them to elucidate that in some way and that they would be able to socially connect with my players first and foremost, because if they can't connect with my players, it's pretty much a wrap at that point. Sorry. I, we, we, you, you got to play with the guys. And mm. if that's not going down, then, but, but then I am looking for that generalization of an RPG elite quality here and there. Not all of them, because they probably wouldn't even know what that is, and especially if they're new. But wanting the same kinds of things and expressing that in some way, that's that's what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and that really is a big thing that I think a lot of people forget. I've forgotten that when it comes to like pulling groups together, just because you might get along with someone doesn't mean that they necessarily mesh well with the group that you already have. I've I've mm-hmm. definitely brought someone who didn't quite vibe with the rest of the group into a group and noticed that the dynamic was off. So that mm. that's a big thing. Huge. That's why I, I always try to have another player with me in an interview. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, we, I mean, I'm not lying. I re- we really do talk behind their back. And I ask them. I'm like, what do you, I already have my, what I think, but what do you think, right? Because you are going to have to play. I, I always say it, you're going to have to play with them. So what do you think? You know, and I really get honest. My guys give me honest feedback on things. And, you know, if it's kind of iffy, you know, we we kind of take them through some, uh, kind of like some a mini adventure and have some of the guys come in and be a part of the mini adventure, see how they mesh with the, you know, playing with these guys. It's not a part of the normal campaign. It's something that we put together specifically for this. So it's a tryout in a sense. And we do that. Um, and we do that anyway, to be quite honest. And then we might, if, if they do do well in that, then we'll give them a character pre-generated and then we'll see how they actually work out with the whole group in the campaign. So it's like I said, it's like a three-step process before we say, okay, you can be in, you got your own character, you in like Flynn, welcome to the family. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's... I think next time I put a group together, I'm going to have to... 
maybe even just have a night where I bring everyone together and we just like have some wings and just like talk about our favorite movies and stuff like that. Yeah, you yeah, and that there's an there's another thing too. A lot of times you'll get the sense of if you are as uh and I've put this in one of my videos. I think of movies as long one shots. Mm-hmm. That's what I think of movies as. Movies are like long one shots. And if you like people, if these people like movies more than television shows, then I kind of look at that as a thing that mm, these are guys that are probably going to be more into one shots than they will be into campaigns. Probably, not always. Because I look at campaigns as obviously a television show, new season all the rest of that. And if they talk about the television shows and the television shows they like and that they binge watch this, that, and the third, these are people that's going to probably be interested in the campaign, something that is long and ongoing for a while. So those are certain things. That, and also, if you've got people who get into reading, reading fiction and reading a lot, these are people who really are going to probably get into the role-playing aspect of things, especially if they like to read a series. So watching these little details like that and just listening, that's all. You just listen for it is to be like, hmm, okay, stick a pin in that. I, I, I know where they're going to be at and everything. Now, again, these are not hard and fast rules, but they're generally can point you in the right direction in terms of that's the kind of player they're going to be. That's the kind of player they probably will be. All right, so you got a, you got a good idea of what will go on. But yeah, just inviting them over. Like, like for me, I do all my stuff because one of my guys is over. I can't even pronounce the name of the country, but it's somewhere over there near Russia. Uh, <laughs> and really good guy, great, fantastic role player. And I got another guy who's in Finland. So most all of my stuff is online with VTTs. But even when my guys that are here come over, I mean, I've been with them for 15 years, so I don't, you know, I ain't. Th- I don't, I'm not looking for anybody else in town. You know, uh, there's people who've been wanting to play with me, but I can't. But and also, I I mean, my group is full, so yeah. Um, and I'd be really picky about it. But yeah, there's 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 a lot of little things that you can do to to uh, get an idea and a sense of, especially if you're trying to put together a group, and depending on what you're trying to put together, whether it be a campaign, a long campaign, and I normally do the long ones. I do several years. Um, and if people aren't into that, um, that, that's another question that I ask. How long, how long of a campaign have you been in? Normally, don't get past a year with most people. And a year is pretty good, I think. I think a year is pretty, that's a pretty good campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd usually go longer. But I'm like, hey, that's pretty good. That's pretty nice. But mostly that's not the case. Mostly it's two months, a couple sessions, pretty much the case. So, uh, yeah, but there's a, there's a lot of little things that you can, that you can look for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, uh, as we're kind of running out of our, uh, as we're kind of you know running out of time here, there are two questions everyone gets asked on the show uh, that okay. we haven't answered yet. First one, I want to know because all of us who dedicate time to this hobby and 
playing it. We do so because of our love for it. Our love comes from fond memories. What's your fondest RPG memory of all time? Oh, I'm about to tell this next week. (laughs) We can save it. Uh, Can I tell you? Can I I tell you one of mine? Yes, I can tell you you one of of yours. Okay. All right. Um. One of my fondest memories was pulling an all-nighter with my fellas over at my friend's house. He used to live like I lived in a trailer park. He used to live like I used to walk over there, just walk over to his house. And doing all-nighters and then waking up, going to sleep, right? Waking up, getting something to eat, taking a shower, and doing it all over again. Now, that to me... That was a great weekend. You normally did that in the summertime, but that's some of the fondest and best memories that I have of playing tabletop RPGs. Just fun, you know, and we had like six, seven guys around the table. And amazingly, everybody would get up once again after about six hours worth of sleep. It'll be like 12, one o'clock in the afternoon. We should go over to their house do it all over again and be playing for like 12 hours or something crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was fun, dude. It was super fun. I, I, I love that. That's, that's one of my fondest memories. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then the last question, and the answer can be as philosophical or as sophomoric as you want it to be. Okay. But if you could put anything on a t-shirt, what would it be? If I could put anything on a t-shirt, what would it be? Okay. Mm-hmm. Probably this. While you're on the earth, you are never sinless. But if you are truly walking with the Lord Jesus Christ, you should be sinning less. That's what I put on a t-shirt. I can get behind that. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. Well, guys, that is going to do it for tonight's episode of Rolling Bones. I wish we could do a whole nother hour on this, and, and <laughs> we'll have to bring you back on at some point. To uh... Thank you for having me. Absolutely, because... I'll need to think of several more topics for us to talk about because this is a great conversation. I I love being able to to talk with you about stuff like this. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thank everybody who showed up. I I appreciate all you guys. You know, um, we got a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, We really do because, you know, we know what's up, especially Max. I've already been over there. So you know what's up. We all got we all got a job to do when it comes to building this community. And I would even say taking the community back to a a place of, Oh, sanity. (laughs) So, so, uh, uh, but I appreciate it y'all. We, and uh, you know, if you guys want to come on over to the channel, leave a comment, shoot me an email or whatever to ask me any questions that I didn't, get a chance to answer tonight you're more than welcome to do that i'll try to get to it as soon as i possibly can but i really appreciate your support 
And thanks, Ryan, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, guys, uh, next week on Rolling Bones, the uh, the week of my 27th birthday uh, next week. Hey, happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, we will be joined once again by Keith Amon. Uh, I, I didn't want to spike the football on you, Crafty, uh, having heard a little bit about your troubles getting your copy of Keith's new book, How to Defend Your Lair, but I have an advanced copy. I am currently reading it, and uh, Keith and I are going to be talking all about uh, the contents of that book and a lot of the great advice that, that Keith gives on uh, ways to approach tactics in role-playing from a player and GM perspective. Uh, so that'll be an interesting conversation. Keith is a, a great mind when it comes to that kind of stuff. Uh, so I hope you guys will uh, will join me next week. And uh, until then, whether you rolled a 1 or a 20, I'm so glad that you rolled your bones with me, Ryan Howard, and I will see you guys next time. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs>